Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, Chris here, and welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Games. It is pretty much what it says on the tin. My name is Chris, and I'm going to chat about some games with you guys today. So, yeah, sorry about the uh, gap between episodes. Um, unfortunately, life took over a little bit, so being a bit crazy with work and everything else, and just trying to get a decent uh, podcast together. Just I just couldn't manage it in the time, unfortunately. Um, I did just cast it away from me. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry that I haven't uh, done anything for about a month. But I am back now and got a few bits to talk about. An interesting discussion piece today. Um, but first up, we're going to start with the news. Okay guys, so obviously it's June. Uh, traditionally E3 time. Uh, E3 isn't happening this year because of the ongoing pandemic and stuff like that. Um... A lot of game companies are still choosing to sit exposing that out at the moment. Um, but yeah, we do have some reveals still, some announcements, and a lot of companies still doing their presentations and things like that. Um, so yeah, going to start off with a few games that have been announced in the news section and then get on to our main topic. Um, so it's kind of like tied into some of the presentations we've had this month so far. Um... First up in the topic of presentations, we have got uh, a lot of rumours going on that Nintendo will have a presentation this month. Um, there are strong suggestions it could be towards the end of June. Uh, last week of June, a lot of people are saying. Um, along with that, we have had some leaks about what we could see there. Um, two games in particular have been heavily rumoured. Um, a sequel to the Switch launch game, 1-2-Switch, has been heavily rumoured amongst um, leakers and forums, and apparently Nintendo are just kind of fine-tuning the game and making sure they can get a format that works. I want to do like a heavily online version, apparently, and it's still making sure it works properly. Um, so it is kind of very much in the works, apparently, but it is kind of potentially one that you might not necessarily see in the next presentation. Just depends on whether they feel happy to show it off and know what they're doing with it. And the other one is apparently a new Fire Emblem game. Um, it's reported that it actually is pretty much first development and ready to go. Um, and it is meant to be uh, another step up from 3D houses in terms of graphics and things like that. And... Yeah, uh, there is apparently some screenshots that seem to have leaked online that show a few little bits of it. Um, obviously nothing confirmed, but a lot of people have looked at it and have come to the conclusion it does appear to be a real screenshot. So, strong, strong chance we should get a Fire Emblem game announced in within the next six months, I imagine. Um, 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Nintendo do indeed have their presentations they expected at the end of June. Because they do need to finish lining up for the rest of the year. And um, these are just a couple of games that have been heavily rumoured to be making appearances. Uh, next I'll be on to stuff that's more definitive. So, first up, Capcom have been making announcements this month. They did have a little showcase. Uh, they've announced that the sequel to like the cult classic dragons uh dogma is in development they're working on a second game in that series um it's essentially very early in development because they haven't when they announced it, they had no kind of footage or trailer for it so it's actually like they had a um event where they had the developers of the original game sitting there talking about it for the 10th anniversary and then they at the end of the presentation they did announce it um, but the big one they did announce, um, actually in the PlayStation State of Play, is Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yeah, everyone knew it was coming. Um, and it has officially been announced. Um, seems to be like they're going for a dark setting, trying to make it a bit more dark, a bit more eerie and spooky. Um, so one thing that's been shown off inside the gameplay is that the village sequence that normally takes part in day at the beginning of the game now takes place at night. Um... Yeah, but that is due out next March on the 24th. So that is uh, Set in Stone and Well, it's Ray. And then the last bit of news. Um, just this week, Final Fantasy VII, well, uh, Square had a Final Fantasy VII event. As this year marks 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. Um, they had many announcements, like they showed off updates like the mobile games, like First Soldier and Ever, Ever Crisis. They showed up like most recent updates for that. And then they did um, make some announcements, like official announcements. There had been rumours circulating about a Crisis Core remaster or remake coming, and they have officially announced that. Um, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. Um, it is due to come out on all formats, including the Switch, this winter. Uh, so, um, Crisis Core is kind of like a forgotten classic. It did come out on PSP, so not many people played it, but I think a lot of people are saying with the direction they're going for the new Final Fantasy VII Remake series, um, I think it will be kind of a key game to play. Because uh, I think it will fit in a lot of story about other characters that might be showing up in the remakes now. Um, yep, so Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion is due this winter. And then they did officially show off the first look of uh, the second part, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, yeah, so Final Fantasy Remake Part Two is now officially titled Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, for those who haven't played the games, a bit of a spoiler. Um, with Final Fantasy VII Remake, they did kind of do a major twist in the plot. And while they're doing an alternate timeline or alternate reality kind of story. Um, so the Rebirth bit is kind of like following on from the twist, what happened in, at the end of the first part of the remake game. Um, so yeah, they... Uh, officially announced it is due out next winter, so winter 2023. And uh, they did also officially announce that the remake 
Final Fantasy 7 Remake series is officially going to be a trilogy. So you've got Final Fantasy Remake, Final Fantasy Rebirth, and there is a third, as yet, un 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 untitled entry as well. Um, so yeah, it is uh, looking set to be a full-on trilogy for this. And they have only announced PS5 as the uh, console for the Final Fantasy VII Remake, so I think it will possibly be the same as the Final Fantasy VII Remake thing. It'll just be like PC and PlayStation 5. Um, it's a bit of a shame. I would like to see it come over to Xbox, but I think um, Final Fantasy VII is very heavily tied with uh, the PlayStation brand, so kind of makes sense. But yeah, that is due out on PS5 next winter. So yeah, good, big, good few big now uh, game announcements this month. So um, obviously Microsoft did have their showcase with Bethesda. Uh, so I have a lot of stuff, um, including the first look at Starfield, or um, as a lot of people are referring to it now, No Man's Skyrim. Um, Fairly or not, it's kind of like a bit debatable, but there is kind of a lot of discussion about whether it's stuff that we've seen before in No Man's Sky and how original it is, but it does seem to be quite uh, story-driven, so there's a lot of story. Then there also is a lot of um, exploration in Starfield with the um, inclusion of a thousand over a thousand planets that you can visit. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out and obviously it has been pushed to 2023 uh, when it was originally due out November this year um, so yeah it'd be interesting to see exactly when Starfield does come out and how it ends up being when it comes out um, but yeah it kind of wraps up the news and now on to the main section of the show okay guys so now we're on to our main uh, topic of today and I am joined once again by the excellent Matt from the Game Junkies podcast so hello Matt hello yeah he's going to join me in our little discussion piece because along with all the announcements that have been happening so far this month there have been a few which plenty of little lackluster in particularly like first party perspective so we're going to be chatting about uh, Sony and Microsoft's End of 2022, like, do they have enough to keep people interested, I think, really? Or, like, big hitters to end the year with? Um, I am going to quickly just go through what Nintendo have lined up. Yeah. As, like, first-party games. We are talking just first-party, we're not talking console exclusives or things like that. We're talking about going for the actual company. So, Nintendo has Zenoblade Chronicles 3, Splatoon 3, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. And Bayonetta 3, all uh, confirmed for the end of this year. Yes. Uh, they're all first party, all published by Nintendo. Um, so, yeah, they've got a few... They've got four games there held up, but... Yeah, I think we'll probably start with Sony. So, what do you think? Matt, is Sony a good, good place to start? Probably a good place to start, yes. Yeah. Uh, in terms of first party titles from Sony, they have potentially two. For the rest of the year. They have Last of Us Part 1, which is due out on the 2nd of September. Which is the second time the game's been remade since it first came out. This is the remaster of a remaster. Yeah, it's kind of a bit... And The Last of Us wasn't actually, isn't actually that old. 
no, in the grand scheme of things. It's the third release of it in ten years, and they're still charging. They're gonna be charging like yeah. seven dollars, like full price for it. I'm sorry. This is. I mean, I'm aware of how big a deal it is, and I'm aware also. Again, we are in Pride Month. The LGBT story that is in Last of Us, and that's great. But I, I mean, talk about milking something. Yeah, I think to be fair, there is. Obviously, I think they're working on a HBO Max TV series of it, so I think they're literally just putting the game out to go alongside the series. But I kind of think it is unnecessary because Remaster got released on PS4. It works perfectly fine on PS5. For me, maybe like a PS5 patch or update would have done it. Like I do know they're going to like they're updating the graphics, doing like the character models to reflect part two. And kind of the combat and that to reflect that part too as well. So they are making some changes, but it does seem a bit... Yeah, it's... Um, a bit money-grabby to me. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's going to it's gonna have 3D audio, uh, haptic feedback, and adaptive triggers from the visual sense, which are, you yeah, know, which is important to have, but... Could I, have, like I, could, see, I see the butt coming uh, on your lips. Yeah, they could be released as part of uh, PS5, Patch or update? Just like part of the that is, last night I had a, a huge update for Resident Evil 2 and 3. Free upgrade to X and S. Yeah. So I'm saying a lot of games are doing that, to doing that same sort of deal. Um, I think um, a lot of people, a lot of journalists, which I think we can class ourselves as, uh, and players um, agree with what you're saying here, Chris. That the fact matter is, is that it's already a remastered version of The Last of Us. Yeah. Do you, it's it's two remasters in the space of ten years. Yeah. It's just it, like... Some would say it's unnecessary, um, but if it, if it was a free upgrade, people would be more on board with it. I'm or sure. even if they did like the the ten pound mm. charge to upgrade from the PS4 to PS5 version. Ten pounds, nothing. So they just only have been doing that. They've been doing like the ten pounds to upgrade yeah. from the PS4 to PS5 version. I had to do that for my GTA, but that wasn't a problem. Ten pounds yeah. is nothing in the grand scheme of things. But seventy dollars. Yeah, it's a six quid in the UK. Seventy dollars. Yeah, in the states, like, it's kind like, of like that's a lot of money, especially when things are so tight at the moment. I, I mean, Last of Us is great, and it'll probably look beautiful, but it. As you say, the same game out three times in ten years. I think Skyrim did less releases in that time. Yeah. Well, they did, they did, they did ports to different consoles. They didn't necessarily do re-releases or remasters. It's just kind of like... Yeah, well, to be fair, Skyrim, I have, I've had played Skyrim on 360, yeah. Xbox One, and on the uh, thing. But at the same time, I only paid for it on two of those consoles. So that's... Um, so, yeah, that, that doesn't grab my attention. Yeah, so that is their locked-in game for 2022. There is another which is expected, and depending who you listen to, some people say it's definitely on track for this year, potentially a November release. Other people are saying it, it may slip to next year, and an announcement's coming soon about that. But it is God of War Ragnarok. Yes. Obviously, it was due out last year, got pushed into 2022. Um, there's no release date yet. Um, who's missing in action in the last state of play? But they are 
expect to do like a God of War centric state of play at some point. Um, because so I've been saying is no, it's fine. It's due November time. Which, to be fair, looking at Sony's history, they normally try and get their holiday games out September October time. So that would be a late release for them to get it in um, in November. Because they don't like to go up against like the big kind of industry hitters such as Call of Duty, stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, there are other leakers saying that they are expecting it to slip to spring 2023. Um, I think it's up in the air which way it will go. Um, the message from Sony is repeatedly 2022, so until we know otherwise from them, I would... Uh, on that side, but again, as we get later in the year and no news on a release, this kind of does put a bit of shadow on that, but obviously it's following on the story of Kratos and the further adventures. Matt's pulling a face, so I'm not sure what he's found. <laughs> I'll be honest, um, uh, I, I enjoyed the Call of Duty game which came out a couple of years ago. Um... Uh, I'll be honest. Um, uh, it's gonna be great when it comes out. Okay, I'm gonna got say, a war. Huh? Got a war, yeah. Got a war, Ragnarok. It's gonna be great when it comes out. Problem is, is that they've been they pushed it back. They say partly due to to the pandemic, but also because of the health problems that Kratos' actor had. Um, Christopher Judge Reader Boy. He absolutely fantastic voice actor. I mean and also the way that him and the guy the kid who plays I don't even call him a kid anymore, he's a young man now. Who was who was playing um Atreus. This is gonna be big. You know, that'll be a great release room, but it's just when well, is it coming? Well, that's the thing. Well, we well, as we've learned, of course, with other games, you know, don't rush it. Make sure it leaves beautifully, perfectly, because otherwise your fan base will rip you to pieces. Trust me, it's someone who has done that. Um, I don't think it's going to be out in twenty twenty two. I think we're looking at twenty twenty three for this game. Um. Which, if that's the case, then Sony are really not in a good place. Yeah, one first-party title, like... It's all well and good getting support from third parties and stuff like that, and, like, time exclusives and console exclusives, but we're kind of, like, two, pretty much almost two years into the new console's life cycles. Mm. And if you look at... Okay, it's going to sound like a Nintendo fanboy moment, and... Possibly You're is, to that, but if you look at Sony and Microsoft's performance in terms of first-party titles launching in the first two years of a system, compared to Nintendo's with the Switch, Nintendo kind of flattened them. Like the first year of the Switch, every month or other month, there was a first-party game launching. They had a steady flow of games. And they still do. Like this year, okay, it's not been the strongest year, but they've had three or four first-party games out already. And you've still got those four lined up and plenty more to be announced because Nintendo always do save some of the smaller games to be announced with their Summer Direct, which will come out in the last six months of the year. 
Obviously, I've got Advanced Wars 1 2 Reboot Camp, which we're not sure what's going on with. Um, it is ready to go. It just literally needs a new date. So, yeah. Um, so, for me, Sony is kind of quite precarious vision. Two years. And, I mean, Ratchet and Clank has been out and it's been a massive success for them, for sure. Yeah. Marvel Morales has been a big success for them as well. There have been success stories for Sony. Over the last yeah. few years, without a question, it's not like oh they've got nothing. They've got some good stuff. They've got some yeah. great IPs. But we are looking at what's coming out the rest of this year, and it's just like it is looking a little bit barren from Sony themselves. Well, you said this um, when we were, when around the time we were doing that unboxing video on your yeah. channel, on your usual um, YouTube dot com slash Chris Director one. Uh, always worth checking out your videos. We um. We also did the... We just reacted to the Xbox stuff, which we're going to talk about in yeah. um, You said around that sort of time we made that video that um, the game... Sh- it should be pushed back because if you can't produce the games for it, what's the point of having the console? I mean, Xbox were in the same position at the time as well. Not a lot of first-party stuff. It's starting to come out now. Yeah. But... I'll talk about later. It's all sort of same sort of situation for Xbox. Some stuff been pushed back for next year, big time. Yes, I think it has hurt them. But yeah, on that segue, we are moving on to the Microsoft and Bethesda well, showcase. I do want to just mention, okay. Mr. Lewis, that you did say that Bayonetta three is confirmed for this year. It's not got a release date for this year yet. No, but it has. Um, in the most recent financial report, it was confirmed for 2022 in Nintendo by Nintendo. That is fine. And it is expected to be October. A lot of speculation is October release date. Somebody who loves that Mad Witch, okay, <laughs> I want to be able to play the game. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just... I also know what it's like to have your heart broken and game being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And so I don't want to have a Bayonetta at all. That's all. That's fair. That's we a fair can, point. We can move on now. We can move on. Yeah, so yeah, we are moving on to Microsoft and Bethesda. They obviously had their showcase this month. Would it be fair to say that you were massively hyped about this? I was... I came out of it on the middle ground. I wasn't bitterly disappointed. I wasn't overly hyped. I was like, oh. Um, the big thing for me is obviously with Redfall and Starfield slipping to next year, mm-hmm. what would they have to fill the void? Mm. And for me, it wasn't much. Like, I was expecting Forza Motorsport to be a November release, or October-November release. Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be why they're big titles going into Christmas. Uh, that's spring 2023. So a lot of the games you expected to be there for kind of the end of the year for Microsoft aren't there. Like, And I think it comes very apparent they didn't have a backup plan. So when Bethesda was like, oh yeah, we can't get out for November, he was like, oh. <laughs> um, so similarly, they do have, well, I've got three um, Microsoft Game Studios published games yeah. listed. So I have As Dusk Falls, which is due out next month in July. Already preloaded it. Yeah. Can't wait to play this. Very like a graphic novel kind yeah. of game. Yeah. Very interesting art style. It it, it looked beautiful, even you yeah. have to admit that. Yeah, they're very interesting, intriguing. Um, 
So that is due out next month. Then Obsidian have two games. They've got the um, official full release of Grounded, which comes in September. I know Matt and Alex on Game Junkies have played for it and kind of spent some time on it. One of the best things about that game is because, yes, there's spiders in it. Alex is notoriously arachnophobic. So they've they've allowed for that. You can actually turn... There's just a slider. You can actually, like, de-spiderfy them. So they become basically, like, floating blobs. Or effectively like that to make it much more playable for people who can... Everyone can play it. That is the sort. That's how yeah. you. That's how you get people to play a game. Accessibility. You don't think about this sort of stuff. They did. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that is due out September time. Yes. Um, so the four years has been like early access and for probably a couple of years now, hasn't it? So um, we started that in twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a couple of years of early access for that game. Uh, getting its full release, full story mode, and stuff like that. Mm. And coming again. Yeah, and all the Xbox stuff, all on Game Pass as well. So it's yeah, everything in the day one, everything in the showcase is coming to Game Pass. So that is kind of uh, due September. It's kind of a big deal. And then City did also have another kind of strategy RPG game, which is Pentiment, which is due in November. Yes, Pentiment. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's kind of like again, it's very kind of interesting art style, a bit like storybooky, kind of like old medieval style drawings set in the sixteenth century. Um, so yeah, that was another release that was announced this year. Again, like they are the three titles that, from research, have shown up from Microsoft Game Studios that are due this year. Oh, there's more, Chris. You missed you missed going out. What did I miss? You missed High on Life. That's not a Microsoft Game Studio game. It is. No, it's a con. It's a console launch exclusive. It's not published by Microsoft. Okay. I'm remember I'm going for published by. Mike's published by the first parties. It's not a first party game. Because they, they've got the console launch exclusive, so it's either going to be only on Xbox or like a time exclusive. But it it's not. It does feel a little bit on the harsh side. Is that why you didn't include Scorn either? Yeah. That's why with Sony, I didn't include any of the exclusives they've got coming. Because I, I, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the. Console manufacturers themselves, but and all the games they've got coming. Exclusives, Chris. So you've got to include those because they no. are, and they're not third-party titles. But yeah, but it's what they've got coming. The this whole year. discussion is coming from the console manufacturers, and that game is not. That, I will say, and I hate the hate on your own sh- on your concept for this. That really, that really limits it sometimes. Yeah, but then again, I've named four games that Nintendo are publishing. Yeah, I get that. So that's the thing. I'm looking at games they're publishing compared to. I I fully get that. Yeah, so I fully get that. And with there's a lot of stuff in the Xbox Showcase, which is coming out next year. A lot of stuff for 2023, which frustrated a lot of people. But at the same time, I think that console exclusives is a is a grey area now. It's a grey area, but. I want to kind of reflect what the console holders themselves are doing rather than just splashing out cash. For example, the amount of people who bought a PS5 just to play Spider-Man, for example. Yeah, but that is published by Sony. I'm just saying as an example, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying as an example. It's a console exclusive. The amount of people who would buy a, yeah, a PS3... Yeah, that's because just... it is a Sony... 
published game is made by Insomniac Games, which is a first-party developer mm. for Sony. So that is a first-party game. So okay. that would be eligible for this discussion by that if same, it was coming out this year. By that same token, I bought, and I genuinely did do this, I bought a PlayStation 3 just to play Metal Gear Solid 4. That's the only reason I bought that console. I'm just saying there are, there are people who would buy certain consoles just to be able to play those certain games. Yeah. There are some people, unquestionably, <laughs> who would have bought a Switch just to play Animal Crossing. I'm fully aware <laughs> it's Nintendo Studio. I'm fully aware of that. Yeah, but, but you kind of get my discussion. I it's, do, not, of it's not talking about consoles because it's talking about games coming from the platform holders themselves. Of course. I'm just saying... So stop trying to throw extra things in. I'm I'm just speaking because there'll be people in there saying, what about this? What about that? We have to address that. Yeah, and now we have that's, that's not that. part of the discussion piece, though. I the discussion know. piece is coming from the console. I know, but this is, also, this is also getting to chat before he listens to this and <laughs> making sure that he can't then add us in the comments, as it were. <laughs> okay, so that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but saying that... Microsoft did seem to be leaning a bit more into DLC this year to try to boost some other games. So uh, there's three notable ones I've got. You've got Forza Horizon 5's Hot Wheels always DLC, po- which is next month. Always popular. Yeah, it looks a lot of fun. It looks crazy and off the wall and bonkers. And that's what Hot Wheels should be. Yeah, got the Sea of Thieves Season 7 oh, update. Oh, I, was talking about, I was talking about this with... with uh, with some of our friends the other day, and they're very excited about it. And yeah. who is it? Who's like being a pirate? Yeah, so they have got that kind of expansion and a lot more flexibility and freedom to do stuff. So I've not played Sea of Thieves. I might dive in when this update comes hey. out and, kind of <laughs> and see what it's about, because like I've never played it. So You need a crew. It's, best, it's, it's much better with your mates, for sure. Fair enough. But the good thing is, is that it's completely co-op. With uh, both, um, it's got the Game Pass on on console and on PC. Yeah. So you can play with it on both. Cross platform. Cross platform, perfect co- compatible, and it's uh, people are highlighting things like you got your captain's cabin now coming to that. You can you can name the ship. You can name the captain. All that sort. Of, that's great. One thing they haven't really highlighted so much is is now fast points places where you can sell your loot faster because it yeah. it would take forever to grind that out sometimes i remember i remember with my nephew ben once playing sea of Thieves. we were playing four hours once and it was a massive treasure to sell because it took forever to go from iron to iron to iron and then sell it back sort of thing it took forever sometimes this will make things a lot better on that side of things. Fair enough. So it'll be it means you can dip in and out and dip in again, as it were, much, much more often, and therefore more playability. It might be nothing that'll work. Fair enough. And the other thing they had was uh, flight simulator, flight simulator update, like anniversary update. So they are adding in the ship from Halo. So. Nice little audition there. I, um, I said this on the stream. I said, like, is this too much? I like flight simulator. I like being able to fly around a one-to-one recreation of planet Earth over the cloud, I, I might add. Um, I'm going to download it. And you can... It's brilliant. Um, but flying in a space, is that a bit much? 
They reassure, I don't know if you can. I think it's still in orbit. I don't think you can fly away from the Earth. To be fair. It's still in space, yeah. though, Chris. You're still up yeah, it's still above. Yeah, it's just that orbit. It's still above the Earth. You probably can stay in the orbit as well. You don't have to go up to space, but... Yeah, I know, but it just feels a little bit... I'm like, Microsoft, make that happen separately. It just feels a bit... A bit or make a gimmicky. space simulator. Well, why not? <laughs> Why not? Oh, wait, the feather is, technically speaking, yeah. <laughs> with Starfield. Um, yeah, that's pretty much Microsoft's year, so it's kind of like... Uh, to be fair, they, I mean, straight away there, they've got more than... Yeah, they have got more than Sony. Three of the bits we mentioned are just DLC updates or, like, expansions. Mm. So it is kind of like a bit... Like... Let's keep this game going because we need to keep people engaged. Um, thing is, have Sony announced any DLC or expansions? Not that I'm aware of. Right. So a lot of stuff was like... They did announce a brand new control pad, though. Yeah. I'm not sure I can justify... I think it's £150. Yeah, it's like... like, like, I've got... Wedding, no. It's like their version of the Elite controller, I think, so it's kind of like... Mm. But I find those extra controllers a bit unnecessary. I'm more than happy with the normal Pro controller or normal controller. To be, to be fair, I mean, I've got a third-party Pro controller, haven't I, for my Switch, for yeah. example. Perfectly fine. Perfectly yeah. fine. Doesn't, doesn't like Ocarina of Time very much rumble function, but that's fine. Apart from that, it's fine. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, like, I'd say, like, most often for me it feels like they haven't got a massive big hitter to fill that void left from Starfield. If Forza the most what was there, I think that could be, like, yeah, we've got this as our flagship winter title. Well, again, I know, you, I know you're talking about coming from the heart of the developers here, what they're publishing themselves. Yeah. But should they be relying on third party support? Should they? But if they've got consoles, should they, should they rely on the third parties to sell their systems? You can ask the same question about PlayStation. Yeah, as I was saying in general, I'm relying on Microsoft and Sony. I mean, and Sony does that horrifically. They, like, because of the size of the PlayStation brand, they do get a lot of well, the question, games because of the, the console. What is it? I mean, I mean, I mean, talking about talking about God of War, which you had down there, for example. Yeah. I mean, they're relying very heavily on God of War. And that is obviously a big deal to them, obviously. But I also remember that... Oh, their flagship it is franchises. Their, absolutely it is. And they're, they're right to have them. I mean, Microsoft have theirs. We've had like Halo and, and et cetera. Every, com- every company has a flagship yeah, title. But I, as I said at the time, I'm surprised there wasn't more, more about Halo this year. And it's just they're rolling out their roadmap for the different seasons and it's taking That's a lot fine. longer than people were expecting. That's fine. There's I mean, no, no news on the co-op. No, I was, I was upset about that. I was upset about that. But, I mean, there is other stuff that's coming to each console. Yeah. Let's not forget that. And most people will, will be in one camp or the other regardless of that fact. I mean, you'll have the last ever FIFA coming out this year. Before EA FC next year, for example, you've got the F one game coming to both consoles. You've got um, 
uh, personas that be on Xbox as well as yeah. on PlayStation. The big deal that is. I mean, yes, it's third party, but it also yeah, which kind of goes against the whole discussion point for this video, I'm this a, podcast. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> but as we also mentioned, there is console exclusive coming to Xbox, such as your Scorn and um, um, High on Life, for example. Those games. They are console exclusives, and they are going to be very popular, because, let's face it, it they've had a lot more, and they'll go to, to Games Pass as well, which is, which already weighs things up in favour, and yeah. you can argue that, that that makes it more appealing than the, than the Sony version, when it comes out eventually. Yeah, it's just like, for me, it's just kind of, from the platform holders themselves, I would like to see... Especially like two years into the console life cycle, a bit more kind of. I, I would too. I would too. I mean, I'm especially a bit... with how many studios they both have now. Like Microsoft's been on a massive spending spree. They've got a lot of big studios under them now. This is true. Games that got announced like three or four years ago, still not seen. Because uh, the Hellblade Two was the first Microsoft Game Studios game announced for Xbox. It's not due out in the next twelve months. Mm, this is also. It is worth mentioning, of course, that you know the world is reopening up now. But yeah. the last two years, things have been not going as quickly as they would like. Yeah. So we, it, we're still feeling the effects of this, maybe even five, six years down the line. But bear in mind where they were. I do think they, they should be further on than they are. But at the same time, yeah. I, we should be lucky we've got anything at all. To be really yeah. honest. I think I was trying to work out the difference between Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo is because Nintendo have okay, it's not been as steady as they wanted, but they still had a hell of a lot more releases and streaming releases. The question that a lot of people maybe could ask is, is that with they they do have a lot of indie stuff on their store, which yeah. is nice and cheap and pick up. Again, but it's not published by them. I'm talking about no. Nintendo publishing stuff. I know. Stop, I, stop moving away from I'm not, the I'm first not, parties. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> well, you saying, are. You're talking about indie titles. I'm saying <laughs> that. Yeah. If you might, if I, if I make, I'm thinking like, is it because the amount of indie titles they have on the store, the amount of people who buy those indie titles, they can then reinvest the money they get from that through the eShop into pumping more money into their own branded games. Not necessarily. I don't think they get much from the indie games, especially how cheap they are. Possibly. If it's 30%, it could be literally pence, and of how many there is, you might not get that many sales from uh, each one. It could be. The pure number of indie titles purely comes down to how many systems are out there. Mm. It It is amazing how many how many Switch consoles are out there now. I mean, yeah. I think I think everyone's got two, at least, each yeah. now. I think your good thing about... I think it just... The indie titles kind of comes back to how Nintendo won their store as well. If they get like a, this is going to sound really crass to the indie developers, I don't mean it to all indie developers, but some do just put out shovelware or really cheap kind of And if people like that, simple games, but because if they get them out regularly, they're going to be at the top of the just release thing. So it's always going to be there. There's no real way of sorting through the eShop. There's no like specific indie section. That's fair. So I would like to see it be like, Complete different tangent now as well. Probably would like to see a redesign of the eShop, make it easier to move more like defined to buy like indie titles, full titles. Mm. About Nintendo's um, core games, so for example, yeah. like you've got Animal Crossing, for example, on 
a physical copy. I've got mine on download. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a chunky game, but at the same time, it's not as chunky as other games you would you would feel. And I do get the feel that maybe that's an advantage Nintendo has over as well is that you are getting more bang for your buck with the size of the games. Yeah, Nintendo are quite good at keeping the file sizes quite compact. Mm. Um, we saw that with, when, when, when they when they when they ported The Witcher Three. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not a first party game, but they they were they were they were, they were amazing at being able to to scale it down and make it work yeah. really, really really well. Um, so I think the fact that it does amaze me as well how they're able to get the quality on a regular basis. One would say maybe they should be a little bit cheaper sometimes because it's very rarely uh, very rarely you get a game. A full price game on on discount on that on that store as well. Yeah, um, a lot of it comes down to the publisher sales and stuff like that. But, mm. but yeah, back to our main topic. So, do we feel that Sony and Microsoft have strong ends to twenty twenty two? I know you I, have. I know you have your thoughts on like the console exclusives and stuff like that. I think because of I think I think that because they both have they both have got console exclusives. Yeah, they both. It's not. It's not. Reflected well in that yeah. because they because some people will, as I mentioned, get a console just because of console exclusives. Even if down the line they're going to go to yeah. other consoles, um, I think if you're going to ask me who has the best end, twenty twenty two, Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo of those two, uh, Xbox and Microsoft in general because they've just they've not only have they they've secured all that console exclusive stuff but put it to one side though. But they've also got some very, very um, good games there. That Dark Falls is going to be great. Um, uh, Pentient. That looks brilliant. And, and obviously Grounded's full release. Grounded's, Grounded's, Grounded's full release. Full player, multiplayer at the same time. Co-op. You know, it's great. And I know I hate on it a little bit, Fight Sim, but it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to have... It's, that. it's, all, it's also already got all of the... Uh, Top Gun Maverick stuff as well. Yeah. I would rather point out that that is not free. And also, the Hot Wheels uh, DLC for Fallout the 5 is not free. Yeah, it is proper DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. But Sea of Thieves update is completely free. Yeah. So that's, I mean, bearing in mind. But, I say, the fact that we don't have a cast iron when it's coming out for Ragnarok, you can't... Yeah, it's a little concerning. It like, is a little factory, one first part like, of halfway through June, it's just kind of like... But there is still time to announce more. Yeah. I mean, we saw that... We did see it with Nintendo, actually. They brought game forward, didn't they? Yeah, Not they kind of switched two games over. They switched... Mm-hmm. Um, Zenway Chronicles 3 and Splatoon 3 over. Exactly. Because Splatoon 3 is down for summer. They did say September originally for Zenway Chronicles 3. It does appear they have to switch them over now that Xenoblade Chronicles is coming out at the end of July, so... It will be... It'll be... It'll be, it'll be uh, probably for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think I've answered your question. What about you? What's your point of view, though? I think... For me, I think Microsoft does edge it. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact I'm not really interested in the two games that Sony have got lined up for the end of the year. Well, I think the question there is... If you were... I know, I know you already own an Xbox yeah. Series X. Does what they've got? Does what they've got there, Sony? What make you want to go out and buy a PS Five? No. 
There's a to answer. The only thing that might change that is next winter they have the next Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm. Thing come out. That's a fair comment. But based on what they've got right now, no. you wouldn't go and buy one. I think there's only one game I'd consider getting, and that's Ratchet and Clank. And you can't buy, or you shouldn't buy a console just for one game. Alex, that's me. That's Chris saying that after you bought a PS4 just for Spider Man. Just saying, kid. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, I think neither of them have a particularly strong end because I think they are miss. Or to be fair, Sony, if they do get God War Ragnarok, have got that big hit. That is a big hit if they can get it out in yeah. time for this year. But at the same time, don't rush to just for the sake yeah. of rushing Last of Us Part 1 does seem oh. to a lot of people to be a bit of a money grab. I mean, I, um, I, if it had lot, if it, if it been if it been like part three, then that would have been wow. Yeah, I mean, they did they did manage to get in their fate of play the the big news about Resident Evil Four's remake, which is yeah. which is going to be huge, but it's not console exclusive. No, not console exclusive, and it's and then they they went either yet. It's, it's in development. I don't have got a date for it. Oh, yeah. March 24th next year. Well, there you go. Doesn't, doesn't help for this one, does it, for them at all? No. At all. Yeah, it's out next March, the Resident Evil 4 remake. Mm. I, mean, um, they, they, I mean, there is VR. They have got the PSVR, which does help them slightly. But well, VR2 is not out until next year, though. It's exactly. The PSVR does work in general, though, the first one still. Yeah. Um, and it, the VR support is there for a couple of, of games now as well which is it's great yeah. but it's still not enough and it's not I mean, stuff they're adding this year it's nothing this year that's going to add stuff to the games yeah because if I'm right the, even the F122 VR mode is only available on PC so that doesn't even work for PSVR I mean like so what's the point mm. but at this point it just feels feel like a fad a little bit and that's annoying me Fair enough, but yeah that kind of Rounds up our discussion and slight rambles and slight tangents on... Um... Uh, you invited the show, <laughs> of course we go on tangents, what I do. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's why our best <laughs> attempt to re uh, I think your shoulders clicked. My shoulders cracked, yeah, I thought yeah. about that. <laughs> um, despite you. your best uh, attempts at derailment, we have concluded that we don't think either company has a particularly strong end to the year. But Microsoft edges it. Edge in terms of what intended, but if so, you do get God of War Ragnarok. I think that probably would swing that in terms of having that big hit. I again. think you would, yes. Um, so if we get confirmation of Ragnarok this year, I think Sony would have the slightly stronger in terms of first party big hitter game. At the same time, Microsoft could still pull a surprise this year. We're only halfway through the year, but they did. Unlikely. They they did express in their showcase they're showing off titles coming out in the next twelve months. So that's everything. They, as far as they're concerned, that's everything that's coming out in the next twelve months. This is true. And if I wouldn't be surprised if Starfield pushes that twelve months, and potentially steps beyond that. But depending we'll on, we'll have how to wait and see. We will have to wait and see. Yeah, but yeah, that kind of wraps up our discussion piece. So, Matt, what have you been watching or playing? Oh, I yeah, I have been doing a lot of watching as well because yeah. you know you got you got to watch um, all of the. Uh, all of the gameplay videos at the moment to get an idea of things because, you know, I don't get first-hand on everything. Um, been, I've been dipping in and out of um, of Hitman because I need to get myself, keep my skills sharp, ready for when the freelance mode drops uh, later on this year. I think it's September it's dropping. 
uh, that's going to be uh, brilliant. Um, um, what else have I been playing? I've been playing Grand Theft Auto 4, which came out 15, 13, 14 years ago? 2008. Um, I, I feel like I want, I think the story needs to be looked at and like it still holds up now. I've been, you saw, I've been playing this morning, I've been, been driving around it, enjoying myself. It's been good. Um, obviously playing a bit of Ocarina of Time for the, for the channel, that's uh, going well, that damn leprechaun. Yeah, um, uh, what else I've been playing? Um, I've actually uninstalled F one twenty one because I need to make room for F one twenty two. So that's gonna be coming up in a few weeks' time. Um, oh, what else? I Obviously, two K twenty two. I've got a game. I've been playing that because it's just addictive. Um, and um, Thought Manager twenty two, uh, which of course, and of course. Just dipping, just dipping in and out of Game Pass games because it's, it's worth your time. It's worth it's worth the money yeah, as well. Yeah. To be fair, it's, it's much cheaper than buying games. I think so. You finally figured that one out yeah. as well. Thank you, yeah. Chris. What have you been playing? Fair enough. I have been dipping into Animal Crossing. I've done some Tetris Effect Connected, uh, Forza Horizon Five. Uh, did a bit of Sonic Mania actually last week, so I've been playing some of that in preparation of the Sonic Origins game next week, which is like the uh, re-release of like the original Mega Drive games and Sonic CD, which I'm looking forward to. Um, it's kind of pricey. It was like £35, but you got like two versions of the game. You got the classic and then you got like the updated anniversary editions. So, nice. so that's kind of cool. Um, what we playing? Tetris 99... I've uh, been playing a bit more Soundfall as well, like the game from the indie director, which is like a you indie really shooter. Like that you did. Yeah, I really like the music. I like the static. Um, I'm horrible at keeping on the beat, so... Um, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, I've only got the one gameplay video up on the channel purely because it got copyright claimed, like... Immediately. Yeah, like two seconds into the copyright checks, like, claim! <laughs> Some some games yeah. just don't. You just, you just I think because because of all the music in it, it is a game that's a game that's impossible to stream. Yeah, no, you can stream it. And okay, I don't get any money from YouTube, so I don't do it for that. But it's just kind of like I don't want to risk getting copyright striked and then kind mm. of. And YouTube been very hard with striking recently, so it's, it's good. To yeah, so I don't really want to hug a strike and potential risk to the channels. So no, it's true. Anything does get claimed, I am a bit hesitant about putting more content up. Um, yeah, talking about content, uh, what are you and the Game Junkie guys been up to, Matt? Right, we have got some amazing stuff coming up at the moment, actually. We've just recorded um, our six-monthly retrospective of um, Dungeons & Junkies uh, coming up uh, beginning of July. Uh, we did it at the press pit this time, though. Okay. Where we all, where we all took the stand and we all, and then we all asked questions to each other about... About each other's campaign, etc., and it was really good. Coming up, um, that sounds fun. Coming up in a couple, uh, coming up in a, about three weeks time. Um, we have got our next episode, which comes out next week. Uh, that is going to be where me and Alex, Kerry, and Caitlin will be joining us. Oh, nice. Yes, we're going to be because it's Pride Month. We're doing our top three LGBT characters in gaming. Nice. A lot to choose from nowadays. 
Yeah, it's an area that has definitely grown quite a bit, so... Yeah, and, I'm, and you know, someone who is... We both are very proud of who we are, and um, and we've got a lot of love, obviously. We've got Caitlin, and, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it made sense to have the panel we have got. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be so much fun. So much fun. So please do join us for that. And, of course, Dungeon Junkies out twice a week. <laughs> awesome. Uh, something else to look out for is my next attempt at DMing for you guys, which would be that is going to be interesting chaos. <laughs> you don't even know what I've got lined up for you yet. That's I know, but I know, but I know the characters you've got to worry about. So you can have fun. <laughs> but that's what it's all about. It's TD about having fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that's kind of what we've been up to. Um, so where can you find you, Matt, if you want to get get involved in the Dungeons and Junkies and Game Junkies stuff? Right, if people want to get in touch with um, about Dungeons and Junkies, we're at Dungeon Junkies on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with, with Kerry, it's at Shrewabeans. Alex, at Spiderbridge UK. At me, at the Matt Attack UK. And you can find the main show at Game Junkies Pod. Yeah. Do you want to go through how to spell junkies just in case people try and spell it in a normal way? Absolutely. Game Junkies is G-A-M-E... J-U-N-K-I-E-Z pod. Yeah. So, in case you're looking for the Game Junkies with the S on the end, that's not going to be the one where you can find Matt. So well, Z could be cool, innit? <laughs> in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Christopher 37 and as Matt said earlier, my YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash Chris Reactor 1. Uh, plenty of gameplay videos, some reaction videos up there. Um... Hopefully, if they do do an Nintendo Direct, we'll get it up there. We have got the Microsoft and Bethesda Showcase on there. So, yeah, some cool stuff there. Um, and, yeah, thank you for listening if you still are. And until next time, stay safe and speak to you soon. Thanks. This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.